Praise God, we join there in declaring Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Save, Lord, oh save, we pray. And we have cried unto God in times past for the saving of our own souls. And now we are privileged by God's grace to stand in the gap and cry out, Hosanna, for the souls of loved ones that need to come to know him as we have come to know him as Savior and Lord. We cry, Hosanna, Hosanna. I want to give you an opportunity to cry that right where you are, declaring, Hosanna, Hosanna, save. Lord, save. Yes, we needed him to save us from a lost eternity, to save us from ourselves, and now we're privileged by God's grace to cry out, save, save, Lord, as it pertains to loved ones, as it pertains to those in your sphere of influence that need to come to know him. Only he can save. It's he whom we lift our hearts and our voices to as we cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna. Zana in the highest. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The word of the Lord coming to us from the gospel of St. Luke, the 19th chapter, the 28th through the 40th verse. Let us hear the word of God. Let us hear the word that is life. Let us hear the word that is able to transform the hearts, the lives of the hearers. Jesus. And after Jesus had said this, now for you to fully understand this that Jesus had said, it behooves you, my sisters and brothers, to take some time out this Palm Sunday to read Luke in its entirety, to read the entire 19th chapter, and if possible, even going a few chapters prior to the 19th chapter. And after Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage at Bethany, at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks of you, Why are you untying it? Say, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked of them, Why are you untying the colt? And they replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully, joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And Jesus responded, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. If they 
keep quiet, the very stones will cry out. An interesting scene unfolding here. Behold thy king cometh to thee. And here in this text says Jesus give instruction. He gave instructions to the disciples to go into the city where they will find the colt. And I noted the Bible declare and they found it just as he had instructed them. Just as he had instructed them. Confronted by the owner who inquired of them, why are they untying the colt? To which Jesus' words to the disciples were the very words that they were able to echo back. Freeing up the colt to be brought for him. Jesus, our Savior, our Lord. Have you noted what the response of the people were as he was entering into Jerusalem, as he was going down to Jerusalem? The Bible tells us that all the people, the people lifted up their voices. Blessed is the king, verse 38, who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. They were excited. Yes, Zechariah 9 and 9, which announced that the king will come riding on the fold of a donkey, was being fulfilled. The prophetic word was now being lived out before them. And I would imagine those who had experienced the miracles that Jesus had done, they were excited knowing that he is going to the very throne, if you would, the very heart of the Roman Empire. He was going into Jerusalem where the authorities, the Roman authorities, would have to take note of who he is and what he has come to do. They had an agenda, but Jesus also had an agenda, and it was not based upon man's wishful thinking. Jesus was looking beyond the present into an eternity, and Jesus would have us to understand that eternity is what matters, for we are just passing through this life for a short period as we all journey towards an eternity. They were excited. Blessed is the king who comes. But this king Jesus was coming unlike any other. Have you noted how Jesus gave instructions, how he highlighted prior to going into the city? He highlighted the colt. Yes, his instructions were for them to go and bring unto him a colt, a donkey. Now, unlike the Romans who would have rode into any city with such authority, not only with the power of weaponry, but authority by the very imagery through which they display the pompousness, they would not come on a young donkey, a colt, they would be riding in with a stallion, riding in with the fine horses of the day from the Roman Empire. But Jesus, unlike such, he was coming. A mockery, as some would look upon this one who they claimed to be the king of the Jews and coming not even on a, on a horse, but the colt. Oh, it was not an imagery that those who were 
focusing on the materialistic affairs of the day would have looked favorably on. But Jesus, hallelujah, he, the man of God, came to fulfill the purposes of God, was on a mission. He was on an assignment. He was there to fulfill purpose, and nothing was going to hinder him from doing such because he was committed. His heart was fixed. But I want us to note, my sisters and brothers, the people. Yes, back to the people again, because that's where you and I can be identified with the people. The people were now divided into two groups. And I would love for us as we behold the king and as we encourage others today to behold the king. Yes, the king Jesus. He is coming not as suffering lamb. Yes, this Jesus who rode on this colt, who rode into Jerusalem. This Jesus who as we come into this passion week, who had laid down his life that we can have life. This Jesus who was dead, buried, and miraculously, gloriously resurrected. This Jesus who ascended into the heavens, this Jesus will come again. It's a message that needs to be heralded because coming again, coming again, Jesus Christ is coming again. You know, my sisters and brothers, as I camped out for a bit in the text and as I was envisioning what it possibly was like then, as I've mentioned already in my sharing, it was Passover season. People were, yes, coming in to the city to go through their ritualistic doings of Passover, looking back at what the mighty hand of God had done for them, how he had delivered them after so many years in captivity, how Moses brought them miraculously through the Sea of Reed, Passover, a time to look back, a time to celebrate, a time to rejoice and give thanks. Yes, they were doing all of that, but many were failing to look forward to that which God was now about doing. Many were failing to look forward that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the God who had promised also throughout the Old Testament to send his very son. They failed to take into consideration even Zechariah's word, chapter 9 and verse 9, the prophetic word that announced the king would come riding on the fold of a donkey. There were so enamored with the affairs of the present. They were so engaged in what the Roman Empire had infiltrated their very religious activities with. It was now, yes, some 600 years or so that they were operating on the Roman authority, Roman leadership, being influenced with the affairs of the day. Yes, maintaining their religious doings, but no longer having the vision looking forward towards what God has so promised. And if we're not careful today, we would look back at Easter and celebrate Easter. And you know how it used to be prior to the pandemic. Churches are filled. People go and shop like no other time, buying their Easter dresses and their Easter suits. You know how it was, but only a few that were looking beyond the reflection of Palm Sunday and the reflection of Easter and looking to 
other words, the second coming of our Savior and Lord, looking towards the rapture of the church, looking towards you and I, beholding him face to face in the fullness of his glory. Here we are in this setting of Palm Sunday, and though men and the women of the day who even thought that this Jesus was going to shift and bring about a change, he was going to overthrow the Roman leadership and set up his kingdom, his authority. And so as you see here in this verse, they all cried out, yes, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olive, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God with loud voices. I'm speaking about, yes, the disciples, the followers of Jesus Christ, not just the 12, but the followers, those who were thronging after him, those who have experienced the miracles that he had accomplished, possibly those who also partook in the bread and the fishes that were served. They were following this man unlike any other man. They were considered now his disciples as well, and they were excited about what they anticipated was going to be as he goes in. Hallelujah to the city. Thank you, Jesus. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, they're making too much noise. Shut them up. Quiet down. To which Jesus responds, this is the time, this is the hour. If they do not acknowledge who I am, Jesus was declaring, if they do not worship me, the very stones will cry out. My brothers and sisters, I am so thankful that from that point onward, Jesus never closed us up. He never asked us to hold our worship, to hold our praises. You and I have the right to praise him because no one knows like we know what the Lord has done for us. He saved my soul, cleansed and made me whole. There is none like him. And you know, sisters and brothers, as you probably also can attest that he didn't only do it back then. He continues to clean me up. He continues to forgive. No wonder we worship him the way we do. No wonder we shout for the praises to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Behold, thy King come. He cometh on to thee. Yes, he comes. Jesus, Messiah, he comes to save. My brothers and sisters, I truly believe that the heart of the Savior is still saddened with regards to so many that are yet to respond to the work that has been accomplished for the souls of all men on Calvary's cross. He gave his life. What more could he give? He gave his life because he loves you, because he loves you and he loves me. It is not his wish that any should perish, but all would come to repentance. My brothers and sisters, this world and the affairs of it is only temporal. And so when men would question the loving God, failing to realize that God has already accomplished for all people a work through Christ that will guarantee eternal life, not just guarantee a financial blessing or health and healing, but life
life into eternity. Hallelujah. And that's what really matters, my brothers and sisters, the God who is able to save the soul. There is a sorrow in Christ and a rejoicing crowd, and we see it today, do we not? I said we see it today, even as it was back then. There were those who were coming in, selling and doing their trades as they were about to enter into the temple to celebrate, yes, to celebrate what was known as Passover. But there was the Christ amidst such people who was looking into the very souls of men and the need that existed there, who came not to give a temporal fix, but who came that we can have life and have life more abundantly. A rejoicing crowd and a sovereign king. I hasten on to see that of a steadfast Christ and a fickle crowd. Ah, my sisters and brothers, it is still so today. Our God is faithful. Our Lord stands ready to accomplish all that God has ordained of him. He is coming again. His return is going to be a steadfast one. He is true to his word. He watches over his word to bring it to fruition. And despite the storms come and the winds blow and the sea rages, our God and our Savior Jesus Christ is steadfast in a forward motion. I said he is steadfast in the forward motion opposed to those who are fickle. And if we're not careful, we can find ourselves with a fickle crowd up today and down tomorrow feeling like it today and tomorrow we don't feel like it. About to worship and then feel as though we don't want to worship. Would to God that we, like our Savior, would be steadfast, steadfast in our worship, hallelujah, steadfast in our prayer, as we had learned to sing down through the ages, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back, and how true that is for the believers, I can attest it is true even in my own life, despite one would stumble along the way, despite one may fail along the way, we have decided, I have decided, I will follow Jesus, get up and go on again, stumble along the path. Come on, brothers and sisters, rise up in the strength of the Lord and keep on keeping on because you, like I, have vowed a vow that we will follow him all the way. Bless the name of the Lord. We see a steadfast Christ and we see a fickled crowd, but there's another contrast for us to note. As I've seen it within the text, I see a Christ that is going towards his crown. Bless the Lord. And he's still moving towards this crown. And I see a crowd that is moving towards a crime. My brothers and sisters, Jesus prior to his death, prior to his arrest, had called the disciples yes, to come away with him and to pray. And then he took three of them a bit further and asked them to watch and pray as he went and fell on his face and cried out knowing what was before him. Father, if at all possible, take this cup from me nonetheless not my will but let your will be done I see there an example that you and I can embrace there are times when we're called to go through some situations in life that will move even us to tears it will move us to cry out to the Lord oh whether it be that of a financial difficulty or whether that be of a relational issue or whether that be of a health issue and we too can pray like our Savior did Father, if at all possible, let 
let this situation shift. Let there be a change. But nonetheless, not my will, but let your will be done. Who in the natural could have thought that Christ going to the cross was going to be something glorious at the end? And yet it was. Who would have thought that the difficulties that you had gone through a few years ago, a few months ago, or presently may be in? Who would believe that in the midst of that, something glorious can come out of it? But I'm here to remind you. I'm here also to declare to some that yes, a thousand and more times yes, with God on your side, with Christ and the Holy Spirit in your life, it will be glorious. You will be victorious. He shall receive the glory as you go through whatever it is that you are presently experiencing. Now just make sure that it is right with your heart before the Lord. And thanks be to God that this Jesus sits on the right hand positionally of the Father, interceding on those who have said yes to him so that we can come confessing, we can come repenting. Yes, because if we regard iniquities in our heart, if we regard sin in our lives, he will not hear us. But if we come repenting, if we come confessing, he stands ready to cleanse us of all of our sins. Ah, there is still place for that one and that one to come repenting. And there's still a place for you if the need does arise in your life to come with a repentant heart before the Lord. I see Christ going towards his crown and a crowd towards a crime. We look around today and we can see a similarity. We can see that there are those who go through the motion, but they have already purpose in their hearts that they're going to go do that which is contrary to what the Lord has called us to. Look in your own heart as I look into mine and can say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. It's me that stand in the need of your forgiveness. It's me that stand in the need of your cleansing. For Christ, even in this week of Passion, even as we reflect back, as we go into Passion Week of the price that was going to be paid, of the price that was paid for our redemption, how do you purpose to live out this week before God? I said, how do you purpose as the summer is coming upon us? Yes, as the opening up of the states is in the process of becoming. How do you purpose to spend the next coming days as some already have received their stimulus checks? How do you purpose to spend this time? I know many places of socializing will be opened up. I know that many places for shopping will be opened up. But how do you purpose as Christ moves towards the glorious crown, as Christ moves towards an eternity that is being prepared for all who would say yes to him? May we be found in that number and not among those that are moving towards a crime. Ah, even in this week of solemn reflection, there are those who know of Christ and even those who know Christ but will fail to do it his way. I charge you today. I implore you today. Let's say yes to him. Let's be unlike those who were going towards a crime. Let's be like those who were rejoicing and stay rejoicing, but sad but true. Even those here within the context of the text who were rejoicing when they realize that Jesus 
Jesus was not about to do it their way. They threw up their arms and they just about turned away from him. I said that they walked away from him. Even the disciples, including my brother and your brother Peter, has gotten to that place where he declared, I knew not the man, but our Savior who loves us, our Savior who is yet faithful amidst our unfaithfulness. He knew what was going to befell the disciples. He knew that failing to pray would cause them to lose faith and lose heart. And yet he said to them, I will meet you on the other side. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. I thank him for who he is. I thank him for his faithfulness. He knew that from last year, Palm Sunday, to this year's, that you would have drifted. And yet in his faithful, loving heart towards us, he extends the invitation to come up here, my daughter, to come closer, my son. What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we can be called daughters and sons of the Most High God. I see my limitations in seeking to expound upon this glorious message of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. But as we journey on in this season of Lent, as we journey on in this week of passion, it is my prayer that my passion and your passion for the Lord Jesus Christ will increase. And like never before, we will pursue him with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. We are not going to be like those who, because of materialistic affairs, will rejoice and be a part of the rejoicing crowd. We will not be a part of the fickle crowd. We will not be those that are moving towards a crime in mind, in heart, in act. But by the grace of God, we are going to be a sorrowful over that which grieves the Spirit of God. We are going to be steadfast in the call that God has placed upon our lives, and we are going with Christ towards the crown that he lays up in store for the redeemed ones of the Lord. Oh, my soul, rejoice in God who loves us. And I join in the chorus and say, Bo, Yeshua, Bo, come, Lord Jesus, come. He is worthy of your praise. Oh, give him praise today as we move into the week of passion, as we move in by God's grace into this passion week of Sunday today and Monday, as we move into passion Tuesday, as we journey into passion Wednesday and Thursday, and by the grace of God, as we come together again in this virtual space, yes, for Good Friday, and the Lord tarries in grace by the grace of God. It is my purpose to gather in person in the physical building to bring forth the Word of God on Resurrection Sunday. And those of you that are part of this virtual ministry, those of you that are part from the various states and even in Europe, in South America, it is our purpose to continue to live stream that you with us would rejoice in the God of Resurrection. Hallelujah. Oh, come, Lord Jesus, come. Lift up your hearts, oh, brothers and sisters, and declare your faithful worship to him. He who is worthy of our praise, he who is worthy of your prayers. Oh, bless his wonderful name. Oh, let us prepare our hearts. Let us prepare our hearts to pray. Let
Let us prepare our hearts to pray. Let us prepare our hearts to give thanks. Give thanks unto him for he is good. He is worthy of our praise. Bo Yeshua. Come on, saints of God. Not for you to be a spectator, but for you to be a participant as we worship him. Hallelujah. As we worship him, as we worship him, as we call upon him. Oh, come, Lord Jesus, come. Come in the fullness of your strength and your power. Come in the fullness of your strength, O Lord. We have need of you today. Father, we have need of you today. Would you declare it, Lord? I have need of you today. Oh, bless his name. He's worthy. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of your praise. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all there is within me. Bless, bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. We bless your name.